So yeah, it kind of is kind of is what we just heard. I'm Zach's intern for the for the summer, just getting some miscellaneous things done so he can focus more on lead pastor stuff. So I'm just kind of picking up picking up the harder, longer the more stuff that would take more time. So as you can see we're still going through the parables of Jesus. We are this week is not too big. We got a little little couple verses this week to go through, but as you all know, we got a memory verse to start with. And this week we're going through we'll be memorizing John 12:25. The but before we before we re- do some memorizing, I'd like to read the surrounding verses just to get a bigger picture of what's going on here. So starting at verse 24, it reads, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. This week we got, we're still going through the parables, parables of Jesus, so we have this, this week it's very small. Sometimes Jesus likes to give a very long illustration and then gives you a little bit of extra insight of what he's talking about. This week we get neither of those, so we kind of have to figure out what we got with what we got. So this week we're going through the parable of the mustard seed, so I'd just like to read it so we can get an idea of what it is if you don't know what it is already. So starting in verse 31, it reads, He presented another parable to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. And this is smaller than all other seeds. But when it is full grown, it is larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. And kind of like I said before, that's all we got. There's not too much to it. But there's a really big story in these short two verses. But just to kind of get a good picture of what this passage is talking about, we have one little question we need to answer in first, and that is, what is a mustard seed? So if I, just kind of a quick picture, if I had a seed right up here that I, would, that I could show you guys, it'd be pretty small, and you wouldn't be able to see it because, first of all, I don't have one, and second of all, we have it's super tiny to see. So I decided to bring up a picture for you just to see kind of how big it is. And as big as it is, it is not big at all. So it does. what this pretty much pictures is the mustard seed is extremely small and a good word to go along with small is insignificant. And that's going to, that word's going to pop up a couple times throughout the sermon. But so as we can see, it's very tiny. What, what mustard seeds are kind of used for is if you take a whole bunch of them, probably like maybe 100, 150, and then mix them together with water and vinegar, you get your widely known condiment as mustard. And I don't, I don't usually like mustard, but it's good. It, it's good if you like it. But, but what's, what's a good picture about that is it takes, you can't just do go with one little seed or else you'll get no mustard at all. But you have to get a huge group of seeds before you can get make any mustard. And this is proven in the in the passage where where it says 
It is smaller than all other seeds. But now I have a picture to show you what it actually looks like when it's fully grown. And this also goes along with the passage, and it says, when it is full grown, it is larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree. It's a little more shrubbish than, than a tree, but you can kind of get a good picture of what it's like. So it's extremely big. It's a huge mess. Goes, it's out of control. And one, pic, one thing I like to point out is, look at the area that it's growing in. You can see that it's in a big arid climate, and what we know of arid climates, not a lot of things can grow well in there. So from this, we can get a good picture of what the mustard seed is. It starts out tiny, insignificant, and it grows into this enormous tree. And now that we know what the mustard seed is specifically, what is the passage talking about? And from what we know of so far, we can't necessarily know. A lot of times this passage is, talk, is focused on faith, where your faith starts small and grows. But I don't, I don't feel like that's what this passage is really hitting home on. It's, it's a good, well, you can't just say any scripture is bad, but that's not, it's misunderstood or taken incorrectly. But the one passage I can find, or there's one little phrase in the passage where you can link, link what this passage is talking about and a little bit more. And that's a couple, just a couple of words, and that is the birds of the air. You can find that phrase a couple places in the Bible, but the one I would like to look at is in Matthew six twenty six. It reads, "So look at the look at the birds in the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they?" If you just look at this verse and in its in as of itself, you can see that the birds are being taken care of, and yet you're much more important than the birds. But that's not necessarily what we're here we have this verse for. But with the bir- with this passage we can figure out three questions that'll help us link this to the mustard seed. And those are who feeds the birds? Kind of an easy answer is God does. The next question is who shelters the birds? Same as the first, God does. And then the last question is who what does the tree do? It shelters the birds. So from here, you can kind of get a loose loose figure of what the passage is talking about. If not, I'm being extremely confusing. I hope I can clear that up. But so what we see is a man takes a mustard seed and sows it in the ground. And from our three questions, we can figure out that answer, what the mustard seed, and that is God. So this passage is talking about kind of the story of God, actually. So when we see the man, we can see that as God who's coming to sow a seed into the ground. And from what we, what we can picture is that seed is actually Jesus. So this, this is the very first mustard seed. And we have a pretty barren field, but we have God coming in and setting Jesus down to live with us. And... As of now, it might seem a little confusing why I'm saying a mustard seed is Jesus, but I got a couple points to help clear that up. So if we, as we remember, the mustard seed starts off small. And if we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus was born pretty insignificantly. When Jesus was born, he wasn't married and come 
straight up, go to go to chapel or whatever, pull Jesus up here and like, look, I got king. I got the king. No, it, it wasn't all like that. Jesus was actually born in the city that most people around in his time called the, the city that nothing good came out of. But we know that one good thing came out of it at least, and that's Jesus. Next little bit, we can see that mustard seed grows alongside weeds. So kind of as if you know a little bit about gardening, when seeds start off, they're extremely weak, and they take time to grow and get kind of shel- get sheltered and protected from the weeds. But with the mustard seed, since it's, it's really small, it's extremely weak. So when the weeds come up, you actually have to be extremely careful or else your seed will die. But in Jesus' case, we see that he, would, he grows alongside sinners. And what's kind of cool about these two points is they kind of, they kind of reflect, but they also go in different directions. With, with the weeds and the seed, the weeds come up to choke the seed. But in Jesus' case, we see that when Jesus is growing, he doesn't come out and choke out all the sinners, but rather what he does is helps them grow and brings them to, brings them to the light. Next point we can see is the mustard seed. As it starts out small, it becomes a massive tree, and that's extremely hard to miss, and once it's there, it's not going anywhere. Now, if, when we look at it in Jesus' point of view, I I said big deal, but you can change that however you like. But when Jesus was growing and eventually reached the t- peak of his ministry, he was not only rattling the views of the political kings and the rest of the government and the religious leaders, but he was also able to shat- shatter death. And that is a big deal. <laughs> and once he got started, no one could stop him. He eventually grew and spread the gospel to all over the world. Next, next little bit, we have the mustard seed. The birds will take shelter in it. And so you know from the last passage, the birds, God takes care of them. And we can see with Jesus' with Jesus's point, we see that ah, back, back. Oh, dang it. <laughs> I have to go through all this again. It's extremely slow. Let's see if I don't accidentally skip anything. Here we go. We're back. So we can see that we find shelter in him. This is a really good point that I want us to listen to for just a little bit. When we're when we're weary, when we're we have a whole bunch of when we have our weeds coming up and starting to choke us, we can often fi- find ways to help satisfy us in the world. Like you'll go out, spend money, hope you feel better, but then realize that now your wallet's crying along with you and now you don't know what to do. But we, can, we know from, from Matthew 6.26 that when we're, when we're weak, we can actually find shelter in God and he is, he's going to be the one to help bring us up and help us grow. So now that we can kind of get a good picture of Jesus as the mustard seed, we can answer the question about the passage talking about faith because with the mustard seed parable, it's often talked about as a faith picture. And you'll hear phrases saying that if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could move mountains. But 
I just want to go on that a little bit. From Luke 17.6, the passage reads, And the Lord said, If you have faith like a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. So if we apply what we learned as Jesus is the mustard seed, we can actually replace mustard seed with Jesus, and it would make a lot more sense. So if we reread it, it says, If you had faith like Jesus, you would say to this mulberry tree, and Be moved. Now, if we look at this, if we have the perfect faith, we could do pretty much whatever we wanted. I know I don't have the perfect faith. It takes time to grow. So if I went to that tree and told it to move, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Maybe God will send a breeze and make it kind of wave at me, but I don't think it's going to do too much. But with, when that means if I had the perfect faith, if, I cont- if we continue growing through with God, then we'll be able to do whatever we want. But this is a point that a lot of people would miss if they looked at this this way. If we have the faith of Christ and we are able to move move whatever we wanted, if we wanted to move that mountain, is that the right thing to do anyway? If Maybe if it's showing the power of God, then that might be the right thing to do. But if, if it's just there and it's in our way, we don't just tell it to. We wouldn't just tell it to move because it's a nuisance to us. That's just we figure that out by being in constant communication with God. So, kind of now as we answered that question, what I want to talk about is back on Jesus and the mustard seed. So when we, so when, if we look back at Jesus's life, he starts out insignificant and then grows, and eventually becomes bigger than the world that's a really big tree but as we all know what trees do eventually it's time for them to seed up and drop seeds all over the place and you have to try to clean that up but what's great is this is even a larger picture of the story now if we go back to my little nice nifty chart here we can see that when jesus becomes the full tree and his seeds come down those seeds land each in, in specific point places, and those are in the hearts of all of us. And, and as, as we can see, the church is a really good example of the mustard seeds in general. So if we go back, go all the way down again, we see what the church also has a small, small beginning. It started from 12 men, and eventually it grew and grew. Next little bit, we can see that the church constantly faces persecution. So even today, we know that we have our own weeds. The church in itself has its own weeds too. There's places all over the world where it's dangerous to be a Christian. So it's, it's kind of like a risky thing to be a Christian because you don't want to have people barge into your door and ask if you're a Christian and then shoot you if, you're, if you say yes. But we just need to know that as, as we have our own weeds, we need to take shelter in God. And since he's our gardener, he's going to come up and pick up all our weeds that are growing around us. Because that's what gardeners do. The seeds don't fight for themselves. It's, what God, it's, it's God and the gardener's job to help clean up the seeds. Next point, the, from the small 12 people that the 
the church started out. It grew to be all around the world. A good picture of this is Pentecost when we have the 12 original disciples spreading the word in tongues of fire. And what started out as maybe a couple hundred followers of Jesus became thousands. In just, in just a couple of days, the church went from 12 to, to 100 to 1,000. And now it's near the millions, billions. So we can see that with time, one seed can spread throughout the entire globe. Last, last little point with the mustard seed picture is the, with the church, unbelievers can find hope in them. As a church, we're, we know that with God inside of us, we can be extremely friendly and maybe sometimes a little awkward. But with, if people not sure what to do, maybe they, had the, maybe they had the instance where they fell into the world and instead of trying to find the correct shelter, they found shelter in their money and now it's all gone. So kind of what this is, is the unbelievers can see a change in some of us. And then what they'll do is they'll come and f- come to church and then they'll see that there's actually hope. There's hope in this world. There's hope in this dying world that pray that Jesus comes again pretty soon, if not today or tomorrow. But from here, we can see with that little seed grows and grows and then keeps dropping seeds. Eventually, we all reached a point or need still to reach a point where someone's ready to give seeds and what happens is they drop a seed in each, each and every one of you. Maybe some of you still need that seed and I hope I can, I hope I could plant that seed today. But pretty much what this picture is saying is now you are the mustard seed. Now there's a couple of points that go along just to kind of prove prove the nonsense jargon I'm running off. But as you can see, with with the mustard, you are part of a family. So like when we see Jesus growing into this, in our huge tree and he's ready to plant more seeds, we all get our seeds at different times and all of our seeds are a little bit different because we're not all... We're not all to be grown in the same area. Some of us are called to be missionaries. Some of us are called to be evangelists. Some people are just even quiet and spread quietly. It's not because we're all meant for certain things. And but the big picture is we all we're all part of the same family. We're all part of the same orchard. Next little point: you start out small, so. This, if you get your seed planted inside you, you start reading up the Bible because you're on this spiritual high and then go, go to bed, you wake up and you're this huge biblical scholar and you're ready to take on the world. You're not ready for that because you're totally not a biblical scholar after one night. It, I went to school for nine months and I'm, I'm still not even halfway there. But the big picture is you start out small and from there, when you're small, you'll still continue to face hardship, hardships. So a, a good picture for me is trying to get back to school. It's, 
it's a big issue because the exchange rate's dropping and some people not sure if you'll ever ever even make it because it's just pretty grim but when you're when you're facing those weeds in your life this is the big this is one thing you need to do you need to call out to your gardener and say help i'm getting surrounded i'm dying here and then he'll come then god will come around pluck each little weed out and then you can continue the most important part in it is to grow i have a little bit more to talk about that but just but one more point is you plant seeds eventually we all get to the point where we're fruiting and we're ready to drop our seeds and as trees and plants do it's all a natural process as long as they're continuing receiving the nutrients from the ground eventually their seeds will get ready to grow and then once once a year it'll be time for the seeds to fall and start growing new trees or new plants and this this is a really good picture with us John chapter 15 is a very good passage if you haven't read it yet I recommend that you do but the first first section of it is talking about is Jesus t- talking to his disciples saying you I am the vine and you are the branches so what that what that is a picture of is as long as Jesus is our center and we're feeding from him then naturally we'll be giving out his fruit and that's the one of that is the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness perseverance self-control we all know that hopefully but let's go one step back to you grow this point this is the hardest hitting point that i want to get today and we can read back to our memory verse we can see that we're finally getting rid of the fog. So if I read that again, it reads, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. So as we can see, with that, with our memory verse and the mustard seed parable. There's one thing that goes along with both, and that is our seed. And in this picture, it's, it's just us in general. But before our, we can start growing, we have to die. And that's, that, this is the point that I'm really hammering in. Because we can, multiple times in Scripture, it's talking about how we need to, sacrifice ourselves to for the glory of the kingdom and eventually what it becomes to is we become bond servants of christ and what a bond servant is if you don't know what that is it's like a slave but a willing slave because a person will work for someone for seven years and then eventually they'll they'll fall they end up loving their master and then they'll pledge their entire life to them and that's what we're called we're called to be bond servants of christ so if we since we are bond servants we have to get rid of our old lives and start growing and become our new one so there's a passage in 
Ephesians that goes really, goes really well along with this. And that reads, Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you learned about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created like God in true righteousness and holiness. From here, we can see that before we can end up growing, we first have to die and then get off our old self and put on our new self. This is a, this is a little picture I got from school, but say, say you're ready to sell your home, and it's a very nice home, hopefully. But So what you do is before you... Before you have everyone come in, you start cleaning up everything. You're making sure all the dust is cleared off, get all the dog hair off the couch. And then every once in a while, you'll find something, you find some junk on the floor or in the cabinets that you don't really necessarily want anyone to see. So instead of getting rid of it, because you probably have like some memories or habits with that, you'll gather them in a box and then just kind of have this off as you're cleaning, and then eventually you'll, your box will start to get full, fill, fuller and fuller until your house is looking fairly neat and you got your nice box full of worthless junk. And then what you do is you take that box, go to the closest closet, close it, and then get ready for the people to come in so the, the people who come in don't see your worthless junk. So here we go. We have some, we have a nice young couple coming in through trying to figure out if this is the nice home for them. So you show them around, you show them the nice redone floor or the remastered bathroom, and then they're, they're really enjoying the house. And then here they come up to your one junky closet, where you, and, you're, and you're a little embarrassed, a little, a little freaked out because you don't want them to see what's inside your closet. So as you get near the closet, you run up ahead and you bar the door and you just say, no, don't come in this closet. And then they'll start to get curious, like, what's in this closet? But then somehow you eventually get them to ignore the closet and then have them on their way. But this is what, this is, this goes along with our passages today. When we get our full box of junk, what do we do with it? Are we holding it on to ourselves and hoping that we'll still be able to grow in Christ? as long as we have that box full of weeds coming up at us, because we, we like to keep our weeds around us sometimes. So this is, and for me, this is a really good example, because I, I had my little box of junk, and I decided to leave it home, and then I went to school for nine months, became, started getting on a spiritual high, and from there, I'm feeling really good. I forget about my box of junk. And then I come home, not even a week later, I'm back into that closet fiddling around with that box of junk. Now, this is totally not what God wants us to do. Cause, and I'm saying junk a lot. And that's because it is junk. So what we, and so imagine if God came in into your house seeing if he wanted to buy it. Because hopefully, he's a really good renovator. So he'll come in and make everything nice. But so... 
he's coming along. You're showing him everything like, ooh, look at all these good deeds I've done. Look at everything I've done. And then here you're starting to get closer and closer and closer to that closet. Eventually, you do the same thing. You run up ahead, bar the door, and tell God to not go in there. But what's great about this is God already knows what's in your closet. He's not, he's not going to... But what's great about our God is he's not going to come up, push you out, and make you get rid of your garbage. What, what our God does is he allows us to make the decision to get rid of our garbage. And this is what I'm trying to tell you today is make sure you get rid of your garbage so you can fully get back in onto your circle of the mustard seed where you end up dying and then growing up. And all this, everything I've said, comes down to one little phrase that I hope you all have heard before, and that is, be disciples that build disciples. So if we look at this little phrase with our seed picture, as we grow, we eventually, as long as we're dead, we keep growing, and eventually it's time for us to lose our seeds naturally. And Eventually, we'll come across people around town or wherever we're at, and we'll, as long as, as long as we're doing, living our Christian life, we'll slowly plant little seeds inside. This goes along with, but this goes along with a, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's come, it's in, it's First Corinthians 3, 5, and this is Paul talking it's, it says, I watered, or I planted the seed, Apollos watered, but God caused the growth. Because we can, we can go around and plant our seeds and then skip away because we're happy because we started, we started a little bit of evangelizing with, without even touching it. You're like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> but, the, but, but that's great because we don't have to cause the growth. We, all we have to do is just plant, our, plant the seeds and then watch them as they grow and grow eventually they'll start into the cycle where eventually they'll grow into a tree and start planting seeds and that that's how one seed the first seed jesus christ was able to grow and spread the gospel into 12 men and from there to 100 from there to a thousand from there to millions and from there to you and me a couple points i want to couple commitments I want us to make this week if you pull out your green card. Find them on the back here. The first one is memorize John 12, 25. We already got a head start, but as extra credit, what you could do is memorize verses 24 through 26. You can get a better picture of what, what Jesus is talking about. And if you memorize that full, full scripture, because I that's what I would wanted to do for our memory verse, but that would have been a little difficult. So that's why it's extra credit. You get a little bonus points from God afterward. <laughs> but, but if you get all those three verses, you'll get the real encompassing picture of what the mustard seed is actually about. The next point you can, next commitment for this week is read John 15. I briefly mentioned it about Jesus saying that you are the vine, or he is the vine and you are the branches. The rest of that passage, rest of that chapter goes along with sacrificing yourselves and growing with God. 
And that's why, that's why I chose that passage to what you want to read this week. Next thing is pray that you would be the seed. Pray that as, as you grow, you actually, you actually grow. What you do is you die and then continue to grow. But as 1 Corinthians is re- reads, God is the one who's causing the growth. So as long as if you try out of all of your strength, you're not going to be able to move that tree, as, as you know from Luke 17.6. But it's, it's if, you have the, if you have faith of Jesus, then you'll be able to continue to grow. And from there, you can start moving into our next point, our last commitment for the week, and that is plant a seed. You don't have to, as silly as I was, as I was, you don't have to go around and evangelize to everyone. It's the little things that you do that plant the seed. It's saying hi to someone who looks like they're in a bad mood or giving, driving around the valley and then you see some people who are having a hard time next to, next to Walmart holding a cardboard sign. Just help them out a little bit. It's the little things that you do that plant seeds in people. And all, all this week, I just want to want you to think about how, what have you been, what have you been holding on in your box of junk? Just ask God to come in, help you take it to the closest dumpster, and be done with it. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for giving this time to come to your word and learn a little bit more about what you told us way back then. I pray that what we learned today just doesn't get stored in a box and get thrown in the same closet as our junk, but rather we put it on and think about it daily as, as growing and dying is a daily thing. And I pray that we just continue to meditate on what we learned today. Because we know that being a Christian isn't easy. In fact, it's one of the most difficult things you could actually do. But I pray that being a Christian doesn't become a burden, but rather it becomes an excitement, something that helps stir in our hearts to, be, to move others. I pray that we're, and thank you for letting your fruit grow inside of us. Let us... And, you know, spread your spread the gospel all throughout the world, or because you've given us a chance to actually spread the gospel around the world without even going around the world, and we're really thankful for that. And finally, I pray that you just give us opportunities to spread seeds around, help further your kingdom, and all in all, bring glory to you. In your name, Amen. Amen. And uh, we're going to be taking the offering up now. And so I'm just going to say a real quick prayer for our offering to bl- just to bless that real quick.